Weekend Show with Ken Kidney. Good morning, good evening, good night, and welcome to the Weekend Show. My name is Ken Kidney, and I am joined by my classy co-host Garrett. Say hello, Garrett. Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. We're, we have mass appeal. We're big in Japan. Yes. Coming up on the show this week, we bring you the week in words as always. We give you our picks from around the web in Netpicks. And in our spotlight, we look forward to the brand new season of English Premier League football, which begins next week. So, Gar, we are back after a week hiatus. So I am sure that you have loads of amazing things to tell our loyal listeners about what you've got up to over the last fortnight. So what have you been doing? Well, there was a mini hiatus considering we did still kind of have a show last week. We kind of did. We did a mini show, which we called the We End Show. Which you go and listen to solely based on the strength of the pun. Yes. I, uh, there is a world, Ken, where people take everybody's favorite video games and attempt to beat them as quickly as possible. Right. Either by pure skill or by glitching the living hell out of the game to get from start to finish as quickly as possible. That is the world of speedrunning. And this week was the summer's ga- uh, Summer Games Done Quick stream where people uh, gather for a week-long marathon, non-stop, no breaks for the night, no like, oh, we're taking an hour for lunch non-stop beating games and i watched an irrational amount of it and is it entertaining it is because it's just like there's like say you haven't you've never seen real tetris unless you've seen someone speed run tetris you know usually if you're kind of towards the start of a tetris you'll hold down to get the block down quicker yeah they do that the whole time (laughs) like right up to super speed they're just like drop 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 tetris 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 (laughs) Right until they beat the game and the game is over and the credits run. And I'm like, I can't even get past like the slow speed. I know. What is the goal of it, though? Is it just a... Uh... Oh, it depends. There's different goals. There's some where you want to beat the game 100%. There are others where it's like any percent. So it's literally just get to the end credits by any means necessary. And they do races as well. Now, I know there are, there are these game channels that people watch and they actually sometimes even pay to watch. Yeah, is is that the Twitch. kind of deal? Well, yeah. th- this this is for charity. So it's raising money for uh, Medicine Sans Frontier or Doctors Without Borders. Let's see how I got to practice my French. And they raised $1.2 million. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. It's kind of like the, the the gaming marathon they have. They have like a Mario thing around... Uh, I think it's around Christmas time, or is it the New Year? They have awesome games done quick, or quick, done quick as well, which is usually in January-ish, which is a very similar idea. But they, yeah, they have a couple of these marathons per year, and uh, well, you know, you can't if it raises money for a good cause. How, yeah. how can you? How can you knock it? And it's a technical marvel as well because they ran a stream for a whole week with like running off tens of different consoles, different setups, all that kind of stuff to constantly stream on the internet. For a week straight, no break. These guys are big business now. What? What? I don't know the name of the gentleman. It escapes me. But he earned like six million off YouTube. Oh, PewDiePie. Yeah, six PewDiePie. million. I don't like PewDiePie. I think he's annoying. But people probably like people might even watch him just because they don't like him. Like mm, hate people watch. like people like being annoyed at stuff. If you can hate listen to us if we like. We don't mind. Yeah, we will take it. Yeah, because I and as we said, internet celebrity is the dream job. Yeah, and he yeah. makes six million bucks a year off of six million. It's it's because he's Swedish, I think. Okay. You can't not love the Swedes. And then he's like, why do you hate me? I'm just successful. And yeah, like, but he does this like hyperactive thing where he's like super hyper. And for some reason, that seems to go over well on the internet. It's like, oh, we like that kind of thing. Whereas I'm going to like, that's just obnoxious. Just just sit there and talk. 
he seems like the kind of guy that you either love or love to hate, but people are watching anyway. Yeah. So you're, he's making the money. So he's the one laughing at the yeah. end. I donated two dollars to that one point two billion, <laughs> or a million so, even. Two dollars. Two dollars. Yeah, well, like I have so little money. You're, actually, you're still winning on the exchange rate, so yeah. you, you donated less than like one eighty. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, they may have raised one point two million dollars for Medicine Sans Frontier. It actually ended this morning at around eight o'clock. So they all went to bed then. Yeah, I would actually got up early to watch the end of it. I went to bed last night. I didn't stay up all night to watch it. I went <laughs> to bed and I got up early to watch because they finished with Chrono Trigger this morning. Gar decided to st- to to go to bed so he could uh, deliver you an award-winning podcast. Yeah, and they they played Pokemon blindfolded. That's <laughs> weird because you can beat Pokemon in about twenty-five minutes by glitching it. Okay, because you you can pause, get into the pause menu when you engage in an encounter. You know when the little question mark goes over their head. Yeah, uh, you can pause just on that screen and then use teleport to teleport to a, a Pokemon Center, and that kind of breaks the game. Right. And you can eventually work it so you can get to the Hall of Fame room and trigger the credits. So you can beat the game in about 25 minutes. That's cheating, though. It is. And there are distinctions. There's like glitch runs and non-glitch runs. But they beat the game blindfolded in 25 minutes. That's It's almost like, why? Why would you do that? Why not, Ken? The fact that there is people who have dedicated their lives to beating these games like so quickly that you, there's no even point playing them. I wonder if they hate the games. Yeah, because they'll have put like thousands of hours into these games to to work out all these glitches and work out what's the exact fastest way to do everything. Imagine like that's a job for them. It is. It's their job. Some of them trying because some of them would speed run on Twitch where people would subscribe and then they make money. But not all of them can do that. A lot of them would probably have regular nine to fives. They're just enthusiasts and then go home to beat Mario sixty four as quickly as humanly possible and ignore their girlfriend. They can get a hundred. Oh well, maybe they might. They not. can get a hundred and twenty stars in like an hour forty-three. That would take me like six months. Anyway, again, your week. My you week. had a much more eventful week. My week was very good, uh, as you know, because we had a a wee end show last week. I went to see Ed Sheeran in Croke Park. Did you lock eyes with him and then start singing? He sang to me. I, I'm convinced of it. All right. Uh, he one of eighty thousand people. He he sold out two shows. So there's eighty thousand people in both peoples. In, bo- in both shows he's a pretty big deal 160,000 and like it's just him on a stage with a bunch of loop pedals and he makes he like he records it all live so all the harmonies and all the kind of the beatboxing and all that all on stage just him at live did you spoon i did well, surrounded I, by teenage girls who are swooning considerably more than you i thought it was kind of weird because it's in dublin yeah. and there's a bunch of people just wandering around and like some of them people were queuing up for drinks and stuff. That's fair enough. But like you go all the way up to Dublin sometimes from like, you know, other parts of the country and then you just go wandering around with your friends. With the, you, like literally with your back to the stage, maybe the people in Dublin are used to getting big concerts. I don't know. Mm. But it, and like it almost seems like the, the, it, it almost seems like they were like there to be seen to be there yeah i went to ed sheeran as in like oh what's ma- your favorite song the one about the the 80s television show like mine <laughs> exactly the 18 so it always it's always like click we've got the selfie now let's go home yep it's just like Stick it on instagram for the likes <laughs> exactly and it's just like i don't like it's like or the hearts it's like don't you want to stay for the concert like don't i even know who he is to be yeah. honest Ed but, who? but Ed, he put on a fantastic show like the they had a great and a really cool stage setup and he had like cool graphics playing after every uh, uh, behind them for every song so um yeah i was happy to, like and like th- the tickets were very hard to get so i was happy to be a part of it second time seeing ed sheer in, in less than a year so it was mostly for the girlfriend at this point uh, you, you, you're like ah i've seen all this yeah i don't really care ed 
I'm just here to, to be seen as well. Impress me. Put it on the Facebook for the likes. While I was up there, though, I got the chance to see Once, the musical, based on the film. Which did you did you fall slowly in love with it? It was... That's that's amazing. Yes. Amazing I used that one on Facebook, but I'm going to reuse it now for the yeah. sake of good podcast banter. Good podcast banter. But Once, it's absolutely... It's like, like the most intimate musical I've ever seen. It's just like intimate. It's funny, but also has an undercurrent of sadness and loss. And the music and choreography is fantastic. And uh, it's really cool. The the cast are also the orchestra. So they play instruments on the stage. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. And the stage is a working bar. So before uh, the show, you can go up and get drinks and you can take pictures on the stage, which is really different from any other musical because like any other musical, like no cameras, don't take pictures. Don't come and plug your phone in on the stage. Yeah. Don't plug your uh, your phone in on the stage. Uh, this one, they encourage you to plug your phone in on the stage. No, well, it's... it's maybe not quite that far. Maybe quite not, quite, not quite that far. But uh, during the inter- interval, you can go up again and take pictures. So I went up on the stage. It's like really cool just being up on a stage that big and stuff. And uh, Once the musical, if it comes to a city near you, I would highly recommend it. And I also got free tickets to Singing in the Rain here in Cork. So I spent the entire time watching people play video games on the internet. You went to all these artsy things. Yeah, uh, if you're in Cork, check it out. It's in Cork Opera House all month, uh, up until the 16th of August, I think. But uh, my friend's dog won a dog show, and that was the prize, and they didn't want to go. So it's a pug. How does a pug win a dog show? Pugs are horrible. Can't he won. They, he, they shouldn't she, win anything. She won the fan vote. Fan vote of how terrible pugs are. Don't. Okay, we're we're, I'm we're shutting it down. We're shutting <laughs> it down. We're shutting this down. The podcast is over. <laughs> we can't get over this difference of opinion. Ken is going to start a pug appreciation podcast afterward. Exactly. The pug show with Ken Kidney. But uh, yeah, I got to see two musicals this week and I got to see Ed Sheeran. So it's a musical week, if you will. And I'm a big fan of musicals. I'm a sucker for a musical. I do like musicals. Anything anything that has songs in it, I'm just like, yeah, bop along, bop along. But uh, Singing in the Rain, they actually had rain on the stage as well, which is impressive. Did they splash you? No, I was quite far back. I wasn't, I wasn't, I was like, I had good seats, but I wasn't close enough to be. They should drop, drop rain over the crowd to make it interactive. I know, but destroy the entire theater <laughs> in the process. Destroy the entire opera house. Next up is the always entertaining week in words. We will fill you in on the biggest stories of the week in two shakes of a lamb's tail. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download every Sunday at soundcloud.com slash the weekend show. We lost one of the icons. Cecil, with his distinctive dark mane, was a star, the best-known animal in Huangay National Park. <laughs> Officials say earlier this month, Cecil was lured out of the protected park with bait, then he was shot, first with an arrow, then 40 hours later, finished off with a gun by a tourist who paid $55,000 to local guides. The person involved, or the offender, uh, is a gentleman who is an American called Walter James Palmer. Palmer, a Minnesota dentist who's a star of his own in the world of bow hunting. He's traveled the world to bag a zoo's worth of animals, from leopards to rhinos, but not always legally. In 2008, he was sentenced to a year of probation for making a false statement to wildlife officials after killing a black bear. In a statement today, Palmer said he was sorry he'd shot Cecil. I had no idea that the lion I took was a known local favorite, was collared and part of a study until the end of the hunt. I relied on the expertise of my local professional guides to ensure a legal hunt. Our top story this week swept the internet as the world was enthralled and appalled in equal measure at the senseless killing of Cecil the Lion. 
So Gary Walter James Palmer, very American name. Evil dentist. A, an evil dentist. So realistically, Ken, is there anything other than evil dentists? That's true. They like they their job is to inflict pain. Yeah. The Minnesota man was thought to have paid as much as thirty-two thousand dollars to to shoot and kill the much-loved lion. That doesn't sound like much money for a lion. Yeah. Ever since the Lion King, we're going like lions are cool. Well, if it's legal, obviously it wouldn't cost that much money. But I'm assuming it cost that much money because what they did was not above board black market lion trading. But apparently, they lured him out of a co- the conservation area area of the Hoange National Park with food. Shot him with a bow and arrow, then tracked him for almost two days, I think. And once once he collapsed, then they shot him. That, no wonder it cost thirty five grand. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of effort. It's a lot of effort just to take down a lion. Apparently, he had also wanted to take down an elephant, but he couldn't find one big enough. I like that. He's like roaming the African plains. It's like these elephants are too small for my wants i want big elephants giant elephants elephants that can fill rooms it swept the internet this man has like and like it's, it shows something about the proliferation of the in, pro, that's a hard word to say proliferation proliferation of the internet and social media where five years ago he would have done this and no one would have ever heard about it it happened on july 1st and it only became a, a story this week but so and like overnight he became the most hated man in the entire world yeah as i said the Lion King means we pretty much love lions now. You killed Mufasa. Yeah, that's essentially what he did. He went in there and he murdered Mufasa. And then he took him out of Mufasa land. And Simba's like, where, where's Mufasa? That, that's the new Lion King. Some poacher just goes up and kills him. He doesn't yeah. die to a, a stampeding buffalo. That will be the premise of the live action version they will inevitably make. They will. But apparently he's quite upset at his new status as the world's most hated man. He's just like, everything I did was legal as far as I knew. It's just like, did it not feel a bit wrong to you to, to lure a lion off a conservation area? Uh, particularly a conservation area lion. And he's not worried. like a lion out in the wild. Yeah. This is a lion that I assume in a conservation area for a reason. Yeah. They're I, trying to conserve something. Yeah. And he was wearing a tag and everything, apparently. So his wife has reportedly have had a bit of a nervous breakdown with all the, the hatred that's come their way. Yeah. And you know how the internet can really pile on with that kind of stuff. As in, like, people, the, the people, internet doesn't do things in half measures. Yeah. Like, there's campaigns to have him hanged. That's a little extreme. It's a little extreme. We should uh, hunt him too, and then shoot him and hunt him for two days. That's, we'll, we'll that's hu- a suitable alternative, I suppose. We'll hunger games him. Yeah. But uh, protesters have been leaving stuffed animals and lions outside his dentist practice all week. They're giving him gifts. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> They're cute, but they probably have anthrax inside or, or something. Have their head cut off because that's what he did to the lion. There was a report that his brother, air quotes, Jericho, had also been shot and the killed. The second I heard that, I was like, that's not true. Yeah. That's one of those things that comes out of internet stories. Because just like the internet doesn't do things in half measures, the internet has a propensity for making things up. It's or to, getting things dreadfully wrong. It's trying to keep the run of the story going. And like, yeah. It's like, prolong- oh, there's another lion. <laughs> it's trying to prolong the life of the story and continue the outrage. Jericho is actually not Cecil's brother, more of uh, of an ally or associate, I'm told. And he's also perfectly fine, apparently. He, he's not dead. He's, he's fine. But did you see uh, Jimmy Kimmel when he reported the story? No. He he, he almost broke down in tears. Good lying guy, is he? I don't know, but like he was he was basically telling the story and then he's talking about how you can take action and, you know, maybe try and prevent this in the future. And he just, he got choked up. He nearly, yeah. he nearly. It was apparently quite up. a beloved lion. Yeah, but like maybe he just like, like I suppose what struck it 
struck most people about it was the kind of the senselessness of it and just the, the cruelty of it. And nobody believes him for a second that he knew everything. He, th- mm. he thought everything was above board. Is that like the Irish equivalent of someone hunting and killing fungi? Exactly. The the beloved dolphin in Kerry. Who I refuse to believe is the same dolphin since they I just, was a child. <laughs> they keep replacing the dolphin. <laughs> it's still fungi, everybody. Fungi three. Yeah. It's just like you don't pay $35,000 to do something illegal. It just doesn't. Yeah. He, he knew what he was doing. Yeah. What? And, and now he's paying the price. Yeah. Walter James Palmer. We will remember who you are. Sadly, the world of professional wrestling heard what is becoming an all too familiar story this week as we said goodbye to another legend before his time. And they're going nose to nose. Mr. T and Rowdy Roddy Piper nose to nose in the center of the ring. A month or so ago, Ken, we lost the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. And sadly, we've lost another world renowned pro wrestler, Rowdy Roddy Piper, who died at 61. Uh, born Roderick Toombs in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. He wasn't Scottish. He was no. a Canadian pretending to be Scottish. He had some <laughs> Scottish heritage, I apparently. I think so, yeah. Uh, he died of cardiac arrest. They're saying it was of natural causes. Yeah. He had been diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma in 2006, but he had said last year that he was cancer-free. So it doesn't seem to be related to that. Yeah. It seems to just be, you know... People have heart attacks sometimes, I guess, and it just kind of happens. And he was he was one of the biggest stars of the 80s in the WWE. Like, a key part of the rock and wrestling connection. If if he wasn't there for WrestleMania 1, which is, in many ways, WWE's biggest make-or-break event. If, if WrestleMania 1 didn't work out, WWE wouldn't be around today. It was the game-changer for them. Yeah, and, if and he, wa- he was the key part of that show. Because he was the guy that people wanted to see beat. Yeah, he was the protagonist. Like he once said to Hulk Hogan, it's like, do you think people would love me as much or love you as much if they didn't hate me? Exactly. I thought that was a really neat way of putting it. It's like, it's it's because they hated him so much that they wanted to see Hogan beat him. He was so important in that match that like the casual wrestling fan, if you ask him who his tag team partner was at WrestleMania 1, Man. will struggle to know the like, answer. Who the hell's Paul Orndorff? <laughs> he's essentially Brody Piper's just uh, a second because exactly just needed a second guy and he was the guy that was there it wasn't Mr. T and Hulk Hogan and Brody Piper at a handicap match (laughs) yeah exactly he was he was that charismatic and that important you know the the tributes are are rolling in obviously yeah because he was he was one of the most charismatic wrestlers in the history of the industry he was known for what wrestling calls a promo his interviews he could talk for days uh, w chairman vince mcmahon called piper one of the most entertaining controversial and bombastic performers ever in w beloved by millions of fans around the world uh piper's son colt tombs who's training to follow in his dad's footsteps and i think he does mma as well posted to twitter my father was a great man and my best friend i will miss him forever and always try to be the man he raised me to be and triple h tweeted saddened about the passing of roddy piper he was a true legend and icon and will never be forgotten speaking about you know, some of his career highlights you know i watched the match recently with Bret Hart at WrestleMania 8. Which was, uh, like, Piper was a, a good wrestler, occasionally a great wrestler. Yeah, but he was more, he, he, he was more the character. Yeah, he was more of a, an all-around character. But that match with Bret is probably one of his best singles matches. Definitely. And he wrestled as recently as WrestleMania 25. We saw, we were in that building yeah, in we person. S- we saw him wrestle at WrestleMania 25. Which, uh, it was pretty cool. His role in the match was suitably short, but yeah, anyway. He threw a dropkick. He threw a dropkick. He and poked Jericho in the eyes and locked on a sleeper. That's really all you... Uh, there's a compilation on YouTube of him just poking people in the eyes, yeah. and it's brilliant. <laughs> and I saw like a quote from a Scottish por- person during the week, and it kind of made me smile. It was that the, like, the whole world, or like a whole world full of Scottish people, knew that he wasn't Scottish, 
but they were willing to embrace him as their own because they loved him that much. Yeah. And that's what's brilliant about pro wrestling. The famous quote, just when you thought you knew all the answers, I changed the questions. So he also had an acting career, Gar. He, he did. He was in They Live. In 1988, where he originated the famous line, I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubblegum. That's a badass line. That is that? badass. I've never seen They Live. And he was also, like, I didn't notice he had a recurring role in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I never particularly liked all It's Always Sunny. It's, it is it is funny, but it's one of those shows that I kind of watch on and off. I get back to it now and again. You see, I've watched the first few episodes that didn't really grab me. I should go back to it. I watch what? enough TV. Piper is survived by his wife, Katie, and his four children, one of which is Colt, as we mentioned. What do you think his legacy will be, Gary? And what was his impact? Well, uh, as I said, without WrestleMania 1, there would be no WWE. That's not an, an overstatement. That's not like bigging up his career afterward. Without that event being a success, the company wouldn't be around today. So without him and obviously without Hogan and Mr. T, the company wouldn't exist. There'd be no, there'd be no, there'd be no WWE. There probably wouldn't be wrestling on a grand scale. Because in the, in the 80s, you had a lot of pretty lame protagonists. Yeah. Or antagonists even, sorry. Like Earthquake and, you know, all a big boss man who was a good wrestler, but, you know, as a, a, a foil for Hulkster. Yeah. Just kind of like, eh, he's another one for Hulk to, to beat. Yeah. And Bundy at WrestleMania 2. They just line up and Hulk knocks him down. And obviously it, it did really good business at the time, but it wasn't particularly interesting. Piper was, was a different story. Piper was a real antagonist. Yeah. And he was the one that you could actually like, uh, like was one of the, like he. Ne- I don't think he ever beat Hogan. Maybe in WCW for the world he, title. He beat him at Starcade for the that non-title match, but that they didn't really advertise was non-title. But he ended up holding the title at the end. It was weird. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but he beat him in a match everyone assumed was a title match, but WCW never actually explicitly said it was. And when he won the match, everyone was all confused because they didn't give him the title. Uh. He, he held the actually... title. No, he did. He, get, he held the title at the end, and everyone's like, "Oh, he won the title," but yeah, he didn't. Like, nope. But I think uh, you know he's and like famously he's a very nice man, very 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 kind to fans. Recently hosted a podcast, yeah, uh, which got into some trouble with Steve Austin for for making like it was only a, a casual joke yeah, about it. Was, it had someone do an impression of him, and then yeah. Austin moaned to Podcast One management and had it taken down. Piper and got cut by Podcast One, and shortly after by WWE as well. I guess Austin is their bigger cash cow. Obviously, but Austin, like, Austin can be prone to those kind of. His heat fits. But it was such a shame to have him in the news for a negative reason. And then he, he died shortly yeah, after. Shortly after. But like, it came up so suddenly as well. Because that's the thing with these deaths. It's like just it, the, there's no real reported illness beforehand. I know he had cancer, but that he was diagnosed with that in 2006. Yeah, he's supposed to be cancer free as well. And then but, all of a sudden you just wake up one morning and you find out he died during the night. But he is the mold that all heels came from afterwards. Yeah. All bad guys in professional wrestling. So I think there's no antagonist in pro wrestling without him. And he will be, he, whether you loved or hate him, you're going to miss him because he's, he was that personality. And even in later years where he came back for his, his spots here and there, he was legendary for his ability to cut a promo and oh, sell yeah, that, a match. Uh, there's a particular promo with Chris Jericho before their match at WrestleMania, which I absolutely adore. Just Google Chris Jericho Roddy Piper promo. It'll be up on YouTube. It'll make your spine tingle. Yeah, he's so good. And uh, there's another one before the John Cena Wade Barrett match. Yeah, where he was giving out to John Cena for disrespecting past champions and all that, and that he'd be disrespecting all champions by deliberately losing a match. There was a story that led to that, but yeah. Piper's promo there was just superb, and he, like that, single-handedly was, made that match interesting. And the fact that he never won the big one made that more more impactful. He, he was never world champion, but he never needed to be. That's the thing; he never yeah. needed the title. 
interesting because he had the per- the personality to like he didn't need that the the title is essentially a prop and he never really needed that and all kind of stranglehold over it in the eighties yeah he was not giving that thing up but uh, we're getting used to saying this and I, I I hope we don't have to get too used to saying this but Roddy Piper nineteen fifty four to two thousand fifteen R I P we'll we'll miss you give him he- hell and heaven hot rod heaven heaven is having a good time at the moment they're gonna they're gonna have the best pay-per-view in history yeah the american dream against uh, the hot rod rowdy body piper in in a in a bombastic main event <laughs> yes one of the great u.s broadcasters and political satirists takes his final bow as the host of the daily show next week and he's let us know what he has in store for his curtain call john stewart announced that amy schumer dennis leary and louis ck will be his final guests on the daily show Stewart made the announcement on Thursday night's episode of the Comedy Central show. We've come to the end of the road, Gar. Yep. John Stewart is, is done and dusted. He has his final week of The Daily Show coming up this week. It seems like the time between when he announced he was finishing and, well, this week when he is finishing, that's flown, hasn't it? Yeah, it seemed like a long time when he announced it, but it's, it's, it's coming up. Uh, his last show is on August 6th, stepping down after 16 years. It's a long time to run a show. It's a long time, and he's being replaced by the relatively unknown Trevor Noah. Yeah, who came on once or twice on The Daily Show. Three or four times, a, maybe. A correspondent, Max. yeah. I, I, I don't mind Trevor Noah. I'll be interested to see where he takes the show. It's almost better to have an unknown quantity that you could, people can form an opinion of rather than person that they have an opinion of already. What is interesting is the the same writing crew, like the, the head kind of honchos behind The Daily Show are staying on with Trevor Noah, which I'm yeah. not sure is that a good thing or a bad thing. It might ease the transition for him to keeping things the same as such yeah but then it, it could end up being the daily show with john stewart with trevor noah if you yeah. know what i mean he's he's a he's a kind of a, a he's just a different person delivering john stewart's lines he's a mouthpiece as such uh he has announced his final three guests and it's a comedic lineup as possibly expected uh are you are you interested are you enthused by his final three um <laughs> not particularly but i think uh his idea for his last few guests was just get people on that i like talking to and i enjoy actually kind of having on the show rather than like doing deep dives into real hard political issues so he'll be interviewing amy schumer who is very much the flavor of the month at the yeah, moment train wreck is out soon yeah and she's well, it's out in america it's coming yeah, out we here. don't get it yet yeah so she is like the comedian of the moment mm-hmm. can you say that anymore or are they all comedians now we well, I, I, I never understood those because comedian is a gender neutral term it's not like businessman or chairman a comedian is a gender neutral term you don't need a female comedian or comedian comedian covers both yeah dennis leary who's i i don't know if i enjoy his comedy he's always gonna like shout 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 curse 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 yeah i don't like cursy comics and louis ck uh who's i've never watched louis so i don't really know that show is so boring i just never understood why it was funny no i never watched it i can't really tell but you know uh, and his last show is going to be a charity event as well which is pretty cool one of those big last hurrahs where he probably has everyone on and everyone's like i love you john and they're giving money away to charity and then he's auctioning off some of the stuff from his run he's auctioning off his suits and i think they auctioned off a chance to be at the show last week when he made the announcement he said remember this uh next week is our last week we're going to have a ball and i can't wait to show my appreciation and all the support and enthusiasm that you guys have given the show all these years and they really have i mean uh, I got. I was lucky enough to go to a taping in New York. You asked them a question. I did ask John Stewart a question. It, it, it was uh, a highlight of my life. Yeah. But it's just like, um, I think the, one of the reasons he left was that he couldn't see himself raising the enthusiasm much longer. As in like 16 years is a long time to do something. So 
it's like as much as he loved it it's like he didn't want it to become a job for him rather than something that he loved i think that over time anything is going to lose the, the luster that it once had so i think he did the right like people will miss him and like people don't like change but he did the right thing stepping down before he yeah, he lost the spark as such you know and there's only so many times you can like rant against fox news you know yeah eventually you're like they're just going to be like this until the end of time yeah there's nothing else it's to fun to poke fun at them but like do i want to keep doing that four nights a week because that's a very work intensive show yeah people might think well he's only on half an hour but that's four nights a week every week but he tapes earlier in the day and he's he he's writing six, so like doesn't he yeah so literally the whole day is taken up by writing yeah. recording editing so he's like he's involved like people don't realize these shows are are are, are a 15 hour day kind of deal yeah, and like. he's a writer as well he doesn't just show up and talk he actually yeah. he pretty much runs the show he's and a pretty sure executive producer as well isn't he yeah he, like he well he's pretty much owns the show these yeah. days he dictates the direction but uh he, in fairness he has been unselfish in the sense that he's left trevor noah a rich vein of comedy in that he's leaving before the the election season yep he'll have a bunch of trevor noah will have a bunch of trump things to mock yeah and uh, john the daily shows nurtured a bunch of talent under john stewart yeah. as well so you have uh larry wilmore and john oliver yeah samantha b uh colbert colbert um Steve Carell, yes, who's another huge name that came out of that show. Uh, exactly. I mean, like so many of the, the 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 biggest comedians of the day come from the Daily Show, so that you know, and that was under his basically his guidance yeah. as such. Uh, some people make the point that uh, it might have been an easier transition, and people might have been more amenable to a new host that is Larry Mil- Wilmore. First of all. Possibly John Oliver, but he has an, his own successful it, show ship now. Ship has sailed on those people. Like if John Oliver was still at The Daily Show when John Stewart resigned, I would imagine he would have gotten The Daily Show. Definitely. Especially after a successful stint last summer. Yeah. But John Oliver's doing his own thing, and he's doing a really interesting thing on HBO. He's not doing the same show that John Oliver's doing, yeah. or John Stewart was doing, which, which makes it worthwhile. Because that, that's what you'd worry about, Trevor Noah, is that he's just doing John Stewart's show, which he really shouldn't be. John Stewart did that show like no one else could. Yeah. To imitate him would be foolish. Exactly. You, you have to kind of cut your own path. And Larry Wilmore moved on just just before it was... Yep. Do you think he's... He, was, like, a, he was an interesting choice. Uh, do you think he would have gotten The Daily Show? I don't know. But like he got his own show and it seems to be going fairly well. And, yeah. And uh, people think that his show is almost better than The Daily Show these days. I don't watch much of uh, The Weekly Show. In, or The Nightly Show even. In, 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 we're The Weekly Show. We're A Weekly. Uh, weekend know. Show. But I think that... Time will tell with Trevor Noah. I, I'm a person that dips in and out of the Daily Show for. I watch the, every every episode. Yeah, so. but I think that the the Trump thing will be a rich vein for him, especially mm-hmm. with the race stuff, because race is like his his area of of comedic expertise. It's yeah. his wheelhouse because he's South African. But uh, that's always been a big issue in South Africa. John Stewart, 1999 to 2015, <laughs> the Daily Show. He will be missed. R.I.P. Your career. <laughs> Now, he says he, he's not retiring. He'll come back the other time as a correspondent and he's going to maybe go back to stand up. But one of the like people, one of the reasons he went to The Daily Show was that he didn't have a particularly particularly successful acting or stand up career. He, even, he mocked his, 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 the success of his acting career, though he did direct Rosewater recently. So Which was a, a critical and commercial flop. I don't think it was a flop. Didn't make any money. Flop is harsh. Okay. And it was a critical, critical, like, eh, it's, it's pretty good. It's okay. <laughs> it, it wasn't like, oh, this is rubbish. It's like, oh, it's, it's all right. You know, yeah. it's it's not the best film in the world, but it's the first time director making a film. 
but I, I will watch the Daily Show with Trevor Noah and yeah. and watch his space to see is if it's as good or if it's if it reinvents itself. I really hope it reinvents. It has to. It has to, and especially because a lot of the long-standing correspondents have moved on. Exactly. You've had Samantha B and Jason Jones. They've moved on. You don't see much of Asif Mandy anymore. Uh, it's a lot of um, what's his name, Hassan Minaj. Yeah. Those kind of people these days. The, 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 the young B. lions. Yeah. And Jordan Klepper, those kind of younger, younger folk who have come up toward the end of Jon Stewart's run and who will go on to be the next set of comedians that you'll see come out of The Daily Show. Yeah. It's their show now, you know? It's, exactly. it's not Jason, because Jason Jones was there for most of Jon Stewart's run. Yeah. So, so it's, al- it's almost better that, that these people are going when he's going as well. So it can actually re- rejuvenate itself. Yeah, it's co- a clean slate. Clean slate. So let us know on Twitter and Facebook at TWSKK if you are a fan of The Daily Show if you're excited about Trevor Noah and what are your favourite moments about John Stewart let us know we're interested moving swiftly on fans of Top Gear who were distraught at the show's unforeseen demise and even more distraught at its reincarnation got good news during the week but as with most things in this world it comes with a cost Former Top Gear presenters Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, and James May have signed up with Amazon to create a new motoring show. The new program is planned to rival the BBC's Top Gear and will be broadcast on Amazon's on-demand TV service after the trio opted not to partner with either ITV or Netflix. The wonderful folks at Amazon Prime have uh, signed up Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, and James May to do Top Gear 2. Top Gear 2. New Top Gear. New Top Gear. Gear Top. Gear Top. They're, they're not, top Gear still exists, so it's, it's going to be revamped. Yeah. Top of the Gears. We're the, pitching names for you here, Amazon. Yeah. But it's going to be, apparently, it's going to be New Top Gear, essentially. Yeah, it's just going to be them doing the same show with a different name. Different names so they don't get sued, because uh, BBC are determined to go forward with Top Gear. Well, top Gear is one of their most valuable brands. But is it valuable without them? Were they the brand? Uh, that remains to be seen. It will be interesting to see who they pick to replace Hammond and May because they replaced, uh, picked Chris Evans to replace Jeremy Clarkson. Yeah, which was met with kind of apathy like, at best. Yeah, it's just like, uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. All right. We'll tolerate that maybe. I don't know. But when I, with the other two going along with Hammond or along with Clarkson even, it'll be interesting. Will the show survive? Yeah, that's true. It's a BBC institution and it, it is very much under question now. It's their top moneymaker. And their uh, Amazon, Amazon paid two hundred and fifty million dollars or pounds, pounds probably I guess. pounds I think to get those three, and I think uh, a couple of the the senior producers from Top Gear to go come over and produce the same show for Amazon <laughs> essentially. It's the same, but like basically he got fired a few months ago when he hit a member of the catering crew or, or yeah, was, it? was catering or at least production when he they couldn't get catering. Previously been warned for a racism incident, so yeah. he was on his last legs. He went on a tirade against Mexico randomly on an episode for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> so then that was the final shot. He got sacked. May and Hammond quit in solidarity, which made them look like absolute D-heads. Yeah, but moral of the story again, get fired get a pay rise <laughs> exactly controversy creates cash yeah and amazon wants success in that market and they're like these are star attractions these are guys with names guys middle-aged like. men who are star attractions <laughs> yeah, That's so strange. Yeah. guys who are middle-aged for just yeah i like this car do you like this car I'm, i've never been a car guy basically that I, i've never been a car guy i've i've been i've watched top gear i've been mildly amused by it's, some of their yeah, antics yeah they go and they gallivant across countries doing silly it's, things most of the time it's fun, not even usually. about cars it's yeah, just about them doing show, stupid things in cars it's, it's like fast and the furious isn't a car film it's an action film that happens to have cars 
Top Gear is pretty much a travel show that happens to have cars. One stage they tried to make a car a car that was also a train. They tried to make a train out of a car. Choo choo. It was yeah. So it's just it was just like whatever gimmicks they could set up around cars. Yeah. It's watched by 350 million people. As I said, it's it's their top rated show. It's the one that makes them the most money. The merchandising, the DVD sales, they all have that stuff. The live tour as well. The live tours. Uh, so BBC, will they be able to continue the success? I don't think so. I really think the show was the people liked them as much more than they liked Top Gear. It's not the, it's not the brand. I don't think. But it will be just like the Daily Show. It will be another show that will have to reinvent themselves because it can't be two other guys and Chris Evans doing the same top gear that the other three were doing because one the other three will be doing that show on amazon pretty much move for move and imagine yeah and two they'll just look like they're they're copying they'll look like inferior copies it's it's been given a, a three season run already and some fans are annoyed that they'll have to pay up to 80 pounds they'll have to sign up to amazon prime to get it to get new top gear you don't just get top gear though yeah, you get it's not like oh, I'm paying and... eighty pounds just for one show. You get free delivery. You get access to their content library. You get all that kind of stuff as well. You get Kindle privileges. Yeah, you I think rent... Kindle Unlimited is a different thing, though, isn't it? No, you can rent books from Kindle, and you can you? I thought Kindle Unlimited was wasn't tied to Prime. I think there's something in, with Prime that you can you can rent you can borrow books basically and stuff mm. like that. But uh, I don't know if I'm going to be watching New Dog here. I'm certainly not going to pay to watch Two Top Gear. Uh-huh. I might watch one episode out of curiosity. To Top, see Gear, Top Gear isn't the show, kind of show I'd explicitly go out of my way to pay to see. That says it all, I think. Yeah, it's more lower gear for me. If it's on television and I can't be bothered getting the remote, yeah, I'll watch yeah, it. Kind of thing that comes on is just like, ah, yeah, okay, I'll sit here. That entertainment tidbit puts the week in words in the record books for another episode. More stories next week. We will be right back after the break with Netpicks. Do not press pause. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download every Sunday at soundcloud.com slash the weekend show. Welcome back to the Weekend Show. It's time for our weekly roundup of the best of the web in Netpicks. If you don't know how the segment goes by now, or you've never had the fortune of listening to the Weekend Show before, first of all, welcome. Hello. Secondly, do let me explain. We will give you some top-notch selections available to access or purchase on the World Wide Web. Either way, we've welcomed the newcomers to the podcast like 30 minutes in. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Hi. <laughs> you stuck with us this long? Thanks very much. Yeah. All the things we have for you this week are things you can, you can watch on the internet. We're, we're kind of being lazy this week. It's all watches. Yeah, not even that particularly long watches. And we are very excited about this first one, Gar. The Muppets are coming back to TV this autumn. It's time to play the music. It's time to play the lights again because the Muppets are back on TV. I was extraordinarily excited when I heard about this. We loved particularly the, the, the 2011 Muppets film. It was just I saw five times in about three weeks. It was just a return to what the Muppets made the Muppets great. Because I saw it like three times in the cinema and then I was flying to America and it was on the plane. So I watched it on the way over and the way back. I watched it. I love that film. It's good. It has good music. It has. It's funny. Gets in your feels. Great, good, good comedy, but also emotion, as you said. Straight to the feels. Great guest stars. Uh, so, basically, the premise is that it's a show within a show, which is nothing new. Yeah. Uh, and it can, and it's mixed with that fly in the wall format, which has become basically the standard bearer for all sitcoms these days. And they do mock that in the the pilot. Yeah. So this, this the pilot was actually it was made as just the pilot it's actually not going to air as part of the first episode yeah so that's cool that's so, the reason people are like 
release all of it. We want all of it. They weren't actually planning to release because they showed it at Comic Con, but they weren't actually planning to release it publicly. Yeah. People were like, we want to see all of it. It's released on YouTube, and the video says, "Here, here you go. Please stop shouting at us <laughs> yeah. now." But it's basically uh, the Muppets have been commissioned to make a, a new show, and they're trying to get their show together. But it's about their everyday lives. I like, and I, I, th- I thought that was really funny because like they're 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 foam puppets. Yeah. But like th- within this universe, they're people, Is and they have Fozzy. Fozzy is dating somebody. Yeah, Fozzy's dating a human, and her humans don't her parents don't approve of her, of. of bears it's like a race a race story you can say it dad i'm dating a bear yeah there's there's one scene where kermit's stuck in traffic and it's just like it's just so surreal to see <laughs> he's driving a car he's dri- kermit the frog driving a car but like doing something like really mundane and every day <laughs> and basically they're trying to get the show on the air but like there's, there's, there's all these stumbling blocks and uh it's kind of a poking fun at the at the format uh particularly particularly i'm very fond of gonzo's uh, kind of disgust at the whole the whole thing. He's the kind of he's the kind of the voice of reason in it, and he's like, uh, he's like the he's like he's basically the punchline from a lot of the jokes in the pilot. Yeah, uh, like Gonzo. Yeah, Gonzo has basically become very cynical about the, <laughs> the about the, the Muppets and all whole the, shtick. the whole format they're going for. Yeah, so uh, it's on YouTube. You can check it out. We do recommend it if you like the Muppets, even if you don't check it out because it's the Muppets. Don't be a heartless, soulless monster and not like the Muppets. They're coming back to TV and this is very funny. And if it's any indication of what the show will be like, I think it's going to be a hit. I I hope so because I want more of it. Something that's come online recently, Gar, in the wake of the success of Inside Out is the trailer for the next Pixar film, The Good Dinosaur. It looks because so pretty. Also available on YouTube if you want to watch it. Coincidence. Hmm. But um, Pixar had no film last year. People forget that. 2014 was, was Pixar list. Was it The Good Dinosaur inside that was supposed to be last year, but they pushed it. They pushed it out, yeah. So we have one of them. So in, uh, in order to make up for our barren year, we have two Pixar films this year. Yep. And Inside Out was out this week in Ireland. It was. And it's sensational. It's a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. Do you want like, to... They made some mediocre films with Monsters University and Cars 2 and Brave. But this this is a legitimate masterpiece. But the reason it's it's successful is it's going back to what made Pixar better. Original ideas, thinking outside the box in, t- in terms of coming up with plots and ideas. Like who would have thought like it's like it's something that's you, you, you kinda, that you kind of that you think about, like what goes on in the, your head, what causes dreams, what causes emotions. But like to make that into a, a premise for a children's animated film just takes a level of imagination that that that's through the roof. So that's what brought them to the table. That's what brought them to the dance. And they've gone back to that. Great voice cast. Great characters. Uh, like strong, Like I, what I really like is when they have characters that reflect the personality of the actors that play them. Because they seem yeah. really authentic. Uh, it's got a very good story. Uh, and it tells a, a simple story. It's like they're almost... Uh, the best picture films are almost allegorical in the way that they just tell a story. Yeah, and, it's uh, like Monsters, Inc., for example. You can narrow it down to the very simple message laughter is more powerful than fear yeah that's the very the core of what monsters inc is all about and this one you can narrow down to just a simple message it's just a simple message that ties the whole film together hits you right in the feels uh there's some i won't spoil it but there's some moments in it where it will just it will just kind of yeah go, oh, oh. yeah it'll just like you, you you'll well up i welled up but the good dinosaur looks to continue on this trend. It's, it's an original idea. Basically, mm-hmm. this, the premise is what if the dinosaurs had not gone extinct? And it's a really interesting mix of photorealism. Because like the, they render water and, and clouds and kind of 
uh, grass and fields very realistically, but they also have the kind of classic cartoon Pixar style. So, and I, I thought that would be jarring, but it's actually really interesting. It looks so pretty. It's like it's like you're staring at it. It's like this is what I want everything in life to look like. And it's like HD. So basically, see Inside Out is what we're saying. But Inside Out is tremendous. Go see it. Go watch see this it right trailer now. because in fact, in fact, pause this podcast right now. Right, go see Inside Out. We'll wait. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? You it is it. amazing, isn't it? Yeah. And now check out the trailer for the Good Dinosaur on YouTube because the good times in Pixar are going to keep on rolling. What have you got next for us, Gar? Ooh, Ken, I went down one of my usual YouTube dives where I was listening to classic 90s theme songs. I, w- I was listening to the X-Men theme song and the Spider-Man theme song. And you know the way YouTube auto-plays the next video? Yeah. Well, on and after that came the theme song, The Japanese Spider-Man. It was a, a live-action Spider-Man made in Japan by the same people who went on to make Power Rangers. They right. make the, the Super Sentai series, which Power Rangers is based upon. So when you ever see all that footage of like buildings blowing up and all that other footage in Power Rangers, that's that's the Japanese show. But the, in the 70s, it, was, it ran from 1978 to 1979, May 1978 to March 1979. ran for about a year. 40, 40 episodes. 41 episodes in a film. It was Japanese Spider-Man. I watched this and again, I thought it was like uh, a spoof or yeah. something that was made up. And basically, and the weird thing was there was robots in it that looked like the Megazords from Power Rangers. Yeah, he had a robot called Leopardon. Yeah. When when the 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 giant the monsters and the villains he fought when he defeated them they became big just like Power Rangers. Yeah. And then he got in his giant Leopardon robot and defeated them. It's it's only loosely based. Like Spider Man is the lead character, but like none of the villains or anything. There's Professor Monster is one of the lead villains. He looks like a looks like a Power Rangers villain. An Amazonness. Yeah, also looks like a Power Rangers. Yeah, they're all it's 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 Power Rangers with Spider Man in it. So if you like Spider Man, you like Power Rangers, and you like Japan, it's super Japanese. It's, it's, it's like it's it's really Japanese. If you like all these three, and they even have like little minions that look like the putties. Yeah, from they Rangers. do. I didn't even know this existed, Ken. And I was just watching, you know, the '90s Spider Man theme, the Spider Man, that one. I was listening to that because I I do that every so often on YouTube, and this this weird thing came on afterwards. It's like. I didn't know this existed. I didn't watch all the episodes, but they are available on Marvel.com. They actually released them earlier this year. For the laws. Yeah, it's like, here's all the... I think they were releasing an episode a week or something. Because I think Marvel just didn't acknowledge it. They yeah. just pretended it didn't exist. But now it's just like, ah, look people, at it. People people actually watch that stuff. I, I think I might actually watch it. You take Spider-Man. You take Power, Power Rangers, Power which Rangers. is like two of the things I loved as a child. Smash them together. With the bonkersness that is Chinese television. Japanese. Shy, ch- Japanese. We've been to Japan. We've seen some yeah. weird... Japan is a strange place. They have some weird Japanese stuff Japanese television is a strange place. We were watching a random tennis match once and Bjorn Borg just came out. Yeah. It's just like, okay, it's Bjorn yeah. Borg. Yeah. So basically, Japanese television has not changed since the 70s. It's still yeah. laugh. It's still bonkers and... It's and super weird. And they have these people... Whenever there's a show on, they have like things in the corner of people just watching that show laughing at it yeah and i don't know what's happening it's strange but like basically anything goes on japanese tv and this is the perfect reflection of that so (laughs) check it out on marvel.com you can also find it on youtube yeah you can find trailers and theme songs and stuff on youtube and i think some full episodes it's awesome and to keep with the japanese theme ken because i opened the show saying konnichiwa the new japan pro wrestling tournament because as we referenced before we're big pro wrestling fans uh, yes. The G1 Climax is on at the moment. Yes, which is their annual tournament to to prove who is the best of the best in New Japan Pro yeah. Wrestling. 
in recent years, the winner has gone on to have a title shot at the biggest show of the year, which is Wrestle Kingdom in Jan- January fourth, which we were at. We were. That's the reason we went to Japan. Actually, yes, <laughs> we didn't go to see Japan. We went to we went to go see Wrestle Kingdom. Yes, but we also went to see Japan. Yeah, but uh, basically, it's a it's a round robin tournament. Yeah, or? it's a month long tournament where there's two different blocks. Everyone wrestles each other, and then the winners of each block wrestles each other at the end. And it's known, especially in the last three year, three years or so, it's come to be known as like this tournament where every wrestler in it looks to bring their A game in every single match. It's also made a lot of stars in recent years. Yeah, and it's it's just here's a month worth of wrestling. There's a show pretty much every single day. Yeah, and it's the best wrestlers in the world tearing down the house against each other, night in, night out, going going bigger, going home. Every single night, and it's it, it's extremely time consuming. Yes, because it's every single day, and you can get a bit of uh, New Japan fatigue because it's uh, watching the same guys night in, night out. But it's amazing. But if you're a bit jaded by American wrestling and you want to be reinvigorated, Japanese wrestling is the place to yeah, go. Yeah, you can see Kazuchika Okada and Hiroshi Tanahashi and Tetsuya Naito and Kota Ibushi and AJ Styles having just absolute five star matches. Yeah, like literally. Literally tearing the house down every single night. Nakamura, Ishii, Kojima. These people just, the Nagata, just these wrestling each just, other. These are all just names to the people. Really. <laughs> yeah, it's just words, random but words. New Japan have their own version of Netflix as such called New Japan World. Yes, it's it available is. for 9.99 yen per month. Exactly, like the, the WWE Network, if yeah. you're a wrestling fan. I reckon it comes out to about 7 euro, I think. Yeah, I, I did it for a couple of months. We did it. We did it. Yeah. And... Um, we recommend it like uh, it is in Japanese, and there, but there is a website you can find if you Google it that will help you navigate the website. If they've you actually, want to... they've added, they built that into the site now, oh, which that's is cool. handy. So uh, if you go down to the bottom of the page, you'll have an option to switch it from Japanese to English using Google Translate. That's nice yeah. because like they realized that they realized they didn't actually expect this, but a lot of international fans. I think they have a few thousand. I actually think they're working on an English build of the site. And um, I, I like if you even if you want to just do it for a month. Watch the G1. We highly recommend it. Yeah, watch the G1. It's just bonkers. It will restore your faith in wrestling. If, if you want to go watch an old G1 matches between like Tomohiro Ishii and Katsuhiro Shibata where they literally beat the living hell out of each other. They just, just attack each other violently. <laughs> Until one of them can't yeah, keep going. That, that's, that's the way those their matches go. Just like, I'm going to hit you and you're going to hit me and whoever lasts that hitting wins. That's the G1 Climax currently airing on New Japan World. Google it. You'll find it. Yep. That's all the picks we have for you on this week's episode. More on next week's show. Coming up next, we discuss the main talking points and make some bold predictions ahead of next week's English Premier League opening weekend. Stick around. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download every Sunday at soundcloud.com slash the weekend show. The wait is nearly over and the time is upon us, folks. Next week marks the beginning of another long season of agony and ecstasy as the English Premier League kicks off for the 2015-2016 season. Given the time that's in it, we thought we would talk through some of the main summers, some of the summer's main talking points and the lay of the land ahead of the new season. Most importantly, we will make some predictions on who will taste glory and sit on the summit when all is said and done, who will reach the promised land of European football and who will fall from heaven to the lower leagues of the championship. I'm gonna pat myself on the back here. I wrote that. That was that's pretty powerful. I resent I resent your implication that the the, the lower leagues are a fall from heaven of some sort. As a Sheffield United fan, yes, Gareth Sheffield um, fell out of the Premiership. Maybe 
in 2007. So they've been gone for eight years now. Nearly a decade. And we, we sank below the championship to League One and we're still there. They haven't managed to... No, we've lost in the playoffs like four times since. It's annoyed me. But, yeah. but we're not here to talk about Sheffield. No. I could rant about Sheffield for days. Today we're here to talk about sports. Sports. More specifically, English sports. Or more specifically, again, soccer. Because we're, we're Irish. We actually call it soccer as well because we have Gaelic football. Exactly. Soccer, like we, we have to have that distinction as well. So, Gar, I thought we'd kick things off with talking about some of the main summer signings. Anybody standing out to you? Liverpool were really busy this summer. They got a lot of their business done early, didn't they? Just kind of like, they even signed an, another Brazilian wonder kid yesterday called Alan something, something to Souza. Solid right. Brazilian name again. <laughs> 18, but like apparently he's like one of the next big things. But like, basically they decided, they decided like, last season we we went from finishing second to sixth. Sixth, I think they finished sixth. And yeah. Sixth or seventh, yeah. And it's just like, we, they went backwards again. So it was just like, we need to fix this now. And like in previous seasons, they've been less decisive about, you know, rectifying er- errors in transfer policy and literally being aggressive in terms of, you know, actually filling out the squad because they had a, a severe lack of depth in previous years that really cost them. And I think they've actually been really proactive this year, which a lot of people have been have been lauding them over. I haven't heard very, very many. It's our years, Ken, though. It's, it's our year. year. So my prediction, we're going to win this thing. Uh, the, the marquee signing was Christian Benteke, as everyone knows, for about 32. As far as a replacement, essentially. Basically, for about 32.5 million, which is a lot of money. They spent a lot this year, yeah. But he scored, he, I think he scored 13 goals in 12 games towards the end of the season. And that was because uh, he had a terrible time prior to Tim Sherwood coming in under Paul Lambert. Yeah. And then he lit the world on fire and kept Aston Villa up pretty much. Not single-handedly, but he played yeah. a large role in that toward the end of the season last year. He did say that... Rogers was a, a key role, a key factor in him bringing bringing him to the club. So maybe like he can uh, carry on getting the best out of him. He's only twenty four as well. So the club really struggled though to have Suarez last year. Yeah. I think people underestimated. I think people underestimated the effect Suarez had on that team outside of just his goals. Yeah, like even if he took the goals out of it, his work rate kind of set the pace for the rest of the team. They also signed Firmino from Hoffenheim. He was Brazilian lad who I never heard of. Yeah, he seems to be like like you know, one of those guys who, who they think in the future is going to be a prolific goal scorer. Yeah. They, they've had a very young signing policy for the most part. He's 23 as well. Uh, they signed Joe Gomez from Charlton, who's a, a left back, I think. Yeah. Uh, He's only 18 as well. Danny Ings isn't too old either, is he? 23 or 24. Uh, one of the older players they signed was uh, Bogdan, who's a, a replacement goalkeeper from Bolton. And Milner. Milner, who was a, like, a very good signing for free. He's solid. For free. But, uh, you know, a lot of people uh, commented on Liverpool not being able to capitalize. I think they've really shored up their squad now. They signed Coutinho to a long-term deal. Uh, they, have, they have no excuse now. Yeah, you know, if, they, if they don't do well. Last year, they signed pretty poorly. They bought a bunch yeah. of poor players. This year, they've signed on paper pretty well. Nathaniel Klein, an actual good prospect from Southampton. Yeah, well, in fairness, Lallana was a good prospect too, and so was Lovren, but he's they just never performed. Yeah, Lallana's actually starting to settle in now, though. He's starting to show his promise, so... Uh, well, he'll be a Henderson. He'll take a few years to actually get the job done. Yeah, but uh, some of the bigger clubs have actually been fairly quiet. I know that Liverpool lost one of their bigger players in... Raheem Sterling. Raheem Sterling. City continuing to pursue English players because of the because of the current restrictions. Delf. Delf should have never left the city. Yeah. Because you saw Scott Sinclair, who actually went the other way this year. He went uh, full time from City to Villa. Yeah. He went to City, and his career died. 
Yeah. It just stopped because they signed people to fulfill the quota yeah. and then this thrown by the wayside. They'll sit them in the, on the bench for most of the season. And I think the same will happen to Delph. Yeah. Who He's... angered Aston Villa fans. He did not handle that well. Yeah, because he changed his mind like twice, didn't he? Yeah, because he was like, nope, I'm staying. The, none of this is, 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 none of the transfer rumors are true. And then three days later, he was gone. Yeah. So it's like, that's just going to piss people off. Arsene Wenger, uh, who, who's been fairly quiet in the transfer market, has been critical of Man United, sacrificing their principle for glory. They're just like throwing money. Yes, at see, even if Van Hal wins the league, like even if he wins the league this year, which I don't think they're going to. No. But if they do, it's like you just threw boatloads of money at it until it worked. Yeah. Basically, they've spent so much money in the last two years, and that was never their policy. They like they never like they never overspent to, and they were the most successful team in in the Premier League history. Yeah, like, like literally every player in the world was linked with Man United this summer. Ramos, Bale is still linked with them for yeah, the, mega money. Ronaldo again, like everyone. There's not a, a day goes by that you don't see Man United linked with X. It's and like it's like one of those scenarios, like like a Real Madrid and, and a Barcelona. And uh, Manchester City, these clubs that don't actually technically have this money, and like if their owners pull out or their city stop backing them, they'd be bust in the morning. Like this policy of how much money is it going to take, rather than building a sustainable, viable team. I think Arsenal have actually made the best buy of the year. Who do you think? Petrček. Petrček. Very, very shrewd buy. A lot of a lot of Chelsea fans going, "Oh, you traitor! You've gone over the the London divide." But like he was literally tossed by the wayside. Yeah, he's number two. And he's one of the best goalkeepers in the world. He, he he doesn't deserve to be number two. Yeah. Fair enough, Courtois is justifiably number one, but that doesn't mean he should just sit there on the bench playing freaking cup games all year. Yeah. So uh, they also... and, uh, uh, the reason I think he's one of the better signings this year is because he directly fills a role Arsenal have been sorely lacking a good player in. You know, a lot of the uh, United have signed a bunch of midfielders they don't need when they need a good striker and a couple of good defenders. Uh, Arsenal signed a world-class goalkeeper, which they haven't really had since David Seaman. And they sh- shipped Chesney off to Roma. He's out in loan. Yeah. Because, like, Lehman was a solid keeper, but prone to being utterly bonkers. Yeah. And then everyone else after that was just kind of like, okay, you know, Chesney and, and uh, what's his name? The Colombian, or not Colombian, what's his name? Yeah. Ospina. Ospina. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of the big, t- the, the big four clubs, the clubs who would have finished in the top four, haven't made that many buys really. Let's play as many United who are linked with the everyone. United, United bought uh, the pie Sterling, and Schneiderlin are kind of their main three buys. They bought a few more as well. Uh, Schweinsteiger, you mean? But, oh, yeah, Schweinsteiger over Sterling. City bought Sterling. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea bought Nathan, who was a Brazilian kind of wonder kid, and they bought Falcao. Oh, yeah, they bought Falcao. I After wa- an absolutely rubbish season at... I want him to score 20 goals this year, exactly. just to kind of spite United. Yeah. Because it would be funny. Because they sold him. But like they have a lot of good striking options there. Mm. Um, uh, some people think that che- Chelsea are in the midst of starting a, a new dynasty. Do you think that's true? I don't know. I think they began to look extremely shaky toward the back end of the season last year. So do you think they only ha- they had came out, they flew out of the traps, which got them over the line at the yeah, end? Yeah, and then but they, they didn't. Got, they got the January and February and began the, the the wheels began to come off the cart. But they were so far ahead at the time, it didn't. They, they managed to to f- follow it through. I've been predicting this for about three years now, but I think Arsenal will win the league. You think so? If you look at the team they have, they, how can they not? Like, and they haven't made any significant buys. They are after a couple of pairs. I yeah. Benzema has been consistently linked. Basically linked with a striker. They were after Vidal as well, but they didn't yeah. get him. He went to Bayern. Yeah. And I think they're after Royce as well. I think it's between them and Liverpool for Royce. Royce. I think they're out of the race for Royce now because they, they spent so. all the money. Yeah. 
Uh, Everton, Everton are being linked with Zerdan Shakiri, who would be a great buy for them. Mm, are they trying to fend off uh, advances from Man United and Chelsea for for John Stones? Yeah, and Stoke wanted him as well. Stoke have made some pretty good buys. Stoke have like bought like four Barcelona players. Yeah, they bought Munieza uh, a few years ago. Then they bought uh, what's his name, Pedro? Not yeah. Pedro, Bojan. I always mix Pedro and Bozan Pedro, who's heavily linked with Man United. Yep, everyone's heavily linked with Man United. It's becoming annoying. They're becoming one of those clubs. Yeah, and Ibrahim Apolai, who used to play for Barca as well. He used to play for PSV or Ajax, one of those two. Yeah. Who I always thought was a good footballer and it just never really worked out for him. Palace made a, uh, made a couple of shrewd buys. Yeah. Uh, goodbye. Goodbye. I know. Yeah. I'm surprised no one else was in for goodbye. That's, that's, that's I know fair... he's going back to work with Alan Pardew, who he worked with at Newcastle. Yeah. They've also, they're also nearly done a deal for Connor Wickham, who is a, a few, who's a, a good English player. Yeah. Uh, so what, uh, what about the promoted clubs, Gary? What do you see their, their I, fortunes being like? I think they'll struggle. But you never know. Watford have made 10 signings. They have. And I don't really recognize many of them. They've got a great coach in though. They, they, the weird thing is they got promoted and sacked their coach. Yeah. Who'd they hire? Uh, former Real uh, Atletico Madrid manager before their current one. Oh, okay. I can't remember his name. I'm sorry. I yeah. should have done more research for this. But uh, I think I don't. Bournemouth. But you never know. Like You never know what these teams will bring to the Premier League. But on paper, it looks like they might struggle. All three. Yeah, I predict two of them to get relegated. We're jumping the gun. That's the I know, yeah. I know. But uh, yeah, Bournemouth. You have to wait uh, to find out which two. Who basically went from the lower leagues to one of those Cinderella stories, and they didn't they didn't spend that much money. They didn't have any kind of big big players, mm-hmm. but they just kind of had their season, and this like went up. Like they kind of just led the league for most of the season, and they kind of went up, they went up as champions. Um, they haven't made many buys. Yeah. Uh, Unless they have faith, that like, but like those teams that like you go up and you don't see them buying many players, kind of like Norwich and Hull, but they they managed to to do the business so. because they rely on because I think QPR are famous for when they're promoted, they just buy in a whole new team, yeah, and they're then they're not a team, they're a group of individuals, they don't know each other, so you end up having half the season as these players just getting to know each other, and you're already practically relegated by that stage, yeah. Whereas at least the Bournemouth team will be a group of core players who played with each other for the last few years with a very young manager who has done great things for them, yeah. But uh, the third team promoted through the playoffs was Norwich, Norwich, who, who secured a, a one season return to the Premiership after only. After being relegated the season before, good old yo-yo team. But like, yeah, but like, you know, it's. I think it's important to bounce back because I, I've, I've said this before in our conversation. You can get Sheffield United style. You can get stuck. Exactly. The longer you stay down there, the more resources you become, become one of those teams. Yeah. That just gets stuck in the championship for twenty years. Yeah. But uh, so I think that like it remains to be seen. On paper, I would say two of the three of those teams are going to go down as well. Yep. I I would say Watford and. Uh, Bournemouth. I also said those two. I would have predicted Norwich to stay up. Who's your third team to go down, Ken? Leicester. I went for Sunderland. You went for Sunderland? What, I went why for so? Because uh, it's partially out of a spiteful grudge I have against Sunderland because anytime Sunderland like on TV or anytime they're on match of the day, it's never like, oh, a Sunderland game. I want to watch that. It's always like, ugh. 1-0. nil yeah. draw. Whereas I think Leicester have hired a good manager. They have hired a good manager. But like, Ranieri. Did have to a good manager as well. That's true. And he did stay on. Mm. And they've made some. Uh, don't hear is they had a bit of a disastrous preseason because they've lost some good players and they haven't signed anybody really. Except yeah. Sebastian Coates. Ooh, ooh. 
You were like touting him as like the next great central defender when he signed. I thought he was great. He looked he looked great. Like it's it's, the, it's a classic mistake. He, we signed him based on a really good Copa America, and like you never <laughs> sign someone yeah. based on a good tournament. Never. But okay, so just to formalize that guy, who do you think is going to relegate be relegated? Watford, Bournemouth, and Sunderland. Yeah, so I'm going to go for... Uh, Watford has made some really good signings. Mm. Uh, some uh, Like, they've really made an effort to, and they've brought in a good coach, but it just seems like one of those one of those scenarios where they just kind of... They were like... like, like, like then again, they kind of... In recent years, they've kind of like been very close to the Premiership, so they've actually built gradually to becoming a Premiership team again. But at the same time, they've actually, like, nearly trashed their whole squad. So, as you said, is it a mistake to kind yeah. of... To kind of basically get rid of the heart of the team, and so I would maybe I would agree with uh, with Watford, but I I think Leicester were lucky last season to stay up. No Cambiasso this year either. Cambiasso has decided to bail out because um, I don't think he wants to go through that twice. Yeah, it was because like, I think it was probably one of the more rewarding years of his career. Yeah, but I don't think he ever wants to do it again. They looked like they were going to go down, and then it's how like kind of one of those West Brom runs, runs or those Sunderland runs where they or the basi- Palace runs where they were bottom of Christmas and somehow managed to stay up. Where they, they basically won a bunch of games in a row and managed to stay up. So, uh, I I just think that there's been too much instability at the club. They've lost too much in preseason, mm. and they haven't done too much to regain stability. So I think they're going to go down. You see, I'd say Norwich are going to stay up because I don't. They were weren't in the Championship long enough to lose that kind of Premier League experience. Yeah. And they'd have the resources. So I think of the three that went, uh, that came up, they're most likely to stay up, I would have said. They have the experience. They have the backing. I think you're right there. Um, Norwich is a big club. I think it's... Yeah, it's Julia a, Smith. Let's be having you. Let's be having you, Norwich. Uh, top four, Gar, who, who, who are you going to place? At, let's go from four to one. So who's going to get that last Champions League football? Four to place? one is a toss-up between City and Liverpool. You think so? You think I, City's going to go down as I far as four? I don't think City have a great team. And they haven't bought anyone. They've kind of shed players. Joe yeah. Ditch and Edin Dzeko is going. They have, they have Aguero. They have uh, Torre. And they have Company. And Silva. And they have Sterling now. Well, Sterling was rubbish last year. So. Yeah, but they, like, well, not rubbish. But like a lot of people are saying, if he, if he carries on like he has in preseason so far, he's going he's gonna to be unplayable, air quotes again. Uh, yeah. But they, they have a good core around which a shoddy squad is built. Yeah. So if that core isn't performing or if that core is injured, and let's face it, Aguero is relatively injury prone, I don't yeah. think they'll do well. And they haven't spent that much money. So do you think their rich owners are losing interest in pumping money into the club for not getting that much? They have made some bad buys. They bought it because uh, most of the players I just named were bought three or four years ago. Yeah. And all the ones they bought since have been kind of like, yeah, okay, Jesus and Havas and... Fernando and Fernandinho. Salada, uh, not Saldados. Uh, uh, oh, I back to... I, I, I mixed them up as well. Negredo. Yeah, Negredo and Soldado. It's just like... They're yeah. both Spanish strikers. And like, the, the sad thing about City is like, they've, they basically sold their soul to become a top club. Yep. And if their rich owners become disinterested... Club will fall apart. Literally could fold. Yeah. And it's really sad. But uh, I would agree. I I, I I would I was surprised by that prediction because they came second last year. I'll put City fourth. Forty City fourth and third. Uh, United. United. So they're not going to move this year. I don't think they'll move. And second. Chelsea. Chelsea. And you think Arsenal are going to be? the I champion? think Arsenal are going to win the league because they have Ozil, they have Sanchez, they have Walcott, they have Gazorla, they have Ramsey, they have Giroud, they have Welbeck, they have Czech now, who's a solid goalkeeper. They have Arteta, they have Wilshere. That's 10 players who'd get into nearly any team in the Premier League. They should be the best team in the Premier League. 
but they have a, a habit of, uh, of of doing what Chelsea did, but they didn't manage to don't manage to hold on. They'll they'll fly out of the traps. They'll start well. They'll well, they started terribly last year. Yeah, but like on, on average, they'll, there, there'll always be a period of the season where they'll just beat everybody. Exactly. There'll be a period of the season where they'll be unbelievable. It's happened last year. It happened the year before. There was periods where. Actually, the year before, they led the league for half the season and then... They won, like... Tumbled. They, exactly. They literally looked like they were going to do a Chelsea and, like... Uh, and just, like, lead from start to finish. And then they fell apart. Oh, and whereas last year, they they were terrible out of the gates and then started smashing everybody. Yeah. So, so I think if they can maintain that consistency, which they've shown glimpses of over the last two years, and they have the squad to do it. And they have been... absolutely no denying. They, I think, on paper... They have the best team in the Premier League. Yeah, and they have been buoyed by recent wins as well. Uh, in, in terms of cups, you know, yep. like winning trophies uh, will have boosted morale there. So, in terms of my predictions, I think Liverpool are going to come forth. Ooh, um, who, are you, who are you bumping? I think I think City are going to fall out of the top. Four. Ooh, no City in the top four. I just think Sterling. Bold they're, prediction. They're, they're putting their their faith in Sterling, who's 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 become a very unproven property, and he's a temperamental player as well. I mean, like. Um, I think I think they made a mistake by 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 buying him. Because yeah, he seems one of those people who's more concerned about the the status and the money that comes with football rather he than says the football he's that not, comes with football. Like, exactly, he says he's not. His actions speak differently than his words. Exactly, and like, what if he goes like, "Oh, I don't like it here anymore. I don't yeah. want to play for you." Like, and you paid us money for him. And like, suddenly, Barcelona have interest, and then he wants to go there. Yeah, exactly. So I think he's just in some ways he's young, but I think he's not going to be the revelation that they want him to be. He wasn't Th- last year. They've lost some really solid players who live. Who basically they've neglected, like Jacko, great player. He, yeah, he's done good business for them over the years. Yeah, so like, Milner is one one of their more solid players for a long time. Exactly, they've got they, and they've they've done that ever since they've had money. Like they've like, and I mean, Richard Dunn goes from being their player of the year for three seasons in a row to being benched. Yep. Basically, they don't realize what they have, and they think that spending money is better than you know maintaining what they have or adding to what they have. Like they just think that, like expensive is better and that's not a good policy so i think they're going to fall outside the top four i think i don't think they have the killer instinct anymore i think i don't think like like i wouldn't i, w- I wouldn't fear city as much as i would have in in, in previous two seasons uh, even last season like they finished second but they didn't look good for it i don't think yeah any surprise packages this year ken uh surprise packages it's not gonna be spurs i'm gonna finish my predictions first gareth oh i'm so sorry oh my gosh ken. oh no you didn't get the- oh yeah okay. third ken third um I'm going to say Chelsea. <gasps> Chelsea third, dropping yeah. the third. Yeah. Um, solely because because I think that United will buy their way to second. I think they're going to, they're going to, they're, they're, they're going to basically united their way to, yeah. to, the, to, to the, their usual win games 1-0 playing poorly. Yeah. Uh, basically, they've thrown enough money at it and Bengal is, is kind of starting to kind of bet in there a bit more. Um uh they're starting to show like they've they've had a good preseason for the most part. I think they're showing glimpses of of, of a United that could frustratingly <laughs> do the yeah do the as business. I said, play poorly, win one nil. It's the United specialty. Yeah, or win late with a with, yep. with late goals. A gammy equal or a gammy winner. And uh I'm gonna say Arsenal are gonna You're win Piggybacking on my Arsenal prediction. Right, I, know, I just think they've 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 added the pieces that they need over the last three seasons to become the kind of outfit that that can that can win the day but it all really depends on their mentality they need to they need to to, to consider themselves potential champions they yeah, don't they're really... sturdier than they've been as well exactly but they need and to check check will give them that kind of anchor at the back to the keep confidence them at the steady. back as well 
So I, I think they just need to believe that they can be champions and believe that they can beat anybody. And they can. I really they can. They're capable. I, I think they, they have one of the best teams on the planet. Exactly. On paper. I think uh, Crystal Palace is going to be a wild card this year. Going back Ooh. to your... your my, my actual question I asked. They're yeah. your wild card pick. Yeah. They I had just, a very good end of season once they hired Alan Pardew. Yeah. Um, he's... Like him or hate him, he's a bit temperamental, but he is a very good manager. He knows well. He knows how to get the most out of a team of not particularly great players. They've made a shrewd, a few shrewd buys. Um, I think that you know, based on the fact that they're like, and they've got a good young squad who are like, you know, are developing players. I I really think uh, they're going to have a, a a good season this season. Um, uh. For for a wild card or maybe the wrong word for a team that's going to struggle in in terms of team that might have done well previously, I think uh, you're going to look at West Ham there. I think they're going to not be able to show to to cope with the demands of European football. I but, think they're going to do exactly what happened to Bolton after they sacked Sam Allardyce. How do you mean that uh, Sam Allardyce was a steady Premier League manager? Yeah, you know he'll finish tenth for you every year. Yeah, which uh, fair enough. A lot of clubs will go oh, well. We have more ambition than that. But I don't think they have the team to do better than that. They, 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 they barely got through UEFA Cup qualifying against a freaking Maltese team. And they'll be barely on penalties, Ken, yeah. against a team from Malta. They'll be playing. They'll be Even playing Malta. on Thursday. They'll be playing on Thursdays and now on Saturdays. I think, like playing in the Europa League, can really hurt your league form if you don't. Oh, have yeah, to it's happened to everyone. Liverpool happens to any team. So I think in terms it happened to Hull last year as well. And they got relegated. Exactly. They couldn't fire on all fronts. They can't. It it just it stretches your resources too thin. And they haven't got the depth. Who's gonna who's your surprise loser this week your guy? A surprise well my, my uh surprise winner, I think Stoke. Okay. I think Mark Hughes has done a good job at Stoke of turning them from like a very defensively minded kind of one nil that's all we'll settle for team into a, a more attacking outfit, a, a team that actually has a little more ambition in a way that's practical. I, I think they'll do well. And I think I think Southampton will continue their trend of losing players but gaining points. Yeah. Where these uh, Schneiderman's gone, Klein is gone, but they, they signed shrewdly last year. They signed a bunch of people I've never heard of, but they played well, so that's all that matters. Yeah. And I think they'll do the same thing this year where they'll they'll improve despite losses. Mm-hmm. And who's gonna be who's gonna be the team that surprisingly will do poorly? Um who will do Spurs? Yeah, Spurs been, always like, do this. Exactly. And the fact that there used to be a t- they for a couple of seasons they became a top four team, and they literally we had not mentioned them to mention them until now. Mm-hmm. It's because we forgot about them. Yeah, they just they haven't really bought anybody, but the people they bought will be these players that won't mesh well in a team like they always are. Yeah, because they buy a bunch of midfield players that they plop into a random formation that never ever works. Who who's Spurs manager? Pochettino. Oh, Pochettino. Yeah. Who uh, did a good job at Southampton, but he hasn't shown anything at Spurs yet, really. No, and like they have ambition, they want to be that top four club. But and like, they spent so much money over the last few years and achieved so little. A lot of bomb players, and they haven't done anything to sign anyone this year. Like, and the squad they have, like, got them where they got them last year. What, where, where were they? Seventh, maybe, or something like that? Yeah, they'll finish. Oh, there they, again. I think they were fifth actually. In the, the end, they'll finish in and about there again, maybe a little yeah. lower. But they'll yeah. they, they never seem to go anywhere. Yeah, despite spending a boatload of money on players like literally hundreds of millions yeah so uh tottenham's gonna be your underperformer okay you can let us know what your predictions are for the new epl season on twitter at twskk and on facebook.com forward slash twskk call us out in our arsenal prediction if you like yeah. call us out tell us who you think is going to get relegated tell us who you think is going to raise the trophy in may we'll be right back to say goodbye
You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download every Sunday at SoundCloud.com slash The Weekend Show. Okay, footy fanatics, if you're out there listening, thank you for taking the time to click play and download on the podcast. You can find a new episode every Sunday at SoundCloud.com forward slash The Weekend Show and on iTunes. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK and on Twitter at TWSKK. Our theme music is by Mr. Drawn. And until next time, say goodbye, Gar. Bye-bye. Take it easy, everybody.